as we get ready for the 2023 season, there have been two players for Boston College that have been getting a ton of preseason love. We'll get into both of them, what they could bring to the Eagles, maybe some realistic expectations for both, and a whole lot more all on today's show. You are Locked On Boston College, your daily podcast on the Boston College Eagles, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome. This is Locked On Boston College. I'm your host, AJ Black editor and publisher of Eagle Insider, part of the 247 Network. Happy Wednesday, everyone. We're going to talk preseason love today because two Eagles heading into the preseason have been getting a lot of attention from the press. I'm going to get into each one on today's show. In addition, ACC Media Day kicks off. We'll look at Jim Phillips' comments, talk about my reactions to some of the things he said, and look at where the ACC is going based off some of the comments he made in our third segment. Let's kick this off. Time to talk about one player that I really don't feel like I've done a great job of describing how important he is into this upcoming season. And that is edge rusher Donovan Azaraku. Donovan Azaraku is a junior coming off of a big season last year where he was the leader on the Eagles in terms of sacks. And I think he was second in the conference in terms of sacks uh, as well. So heading into this year, he has progressed. We've seen him go from a situational defensive end to the leader of the defensive ends last year. Even with Marcus Valdez out there last year, Marcus Valdez, who just signed with the CFL Alouettes, by the way, if you were wondering, um, he became the go-to pass rusher for BC. And folks in media folks have begun to really pay attention to what this junior from New Jersey could bring to Boston college. We've seen Phil Steele, you know, Athlon. I mean, you name it. Any, any publication that has done a preseason, all ACC team, Donovan Azaraku has been first team, every single publication. And I bring him up today because there was a new um, article out on my homepage, two, four, seven, where Chris Hummer, who's one of our national guys, did his top 20 players in the ACC. And Donovan Azaraku came in at number 10. Here's what Hummer said about him. The ACC's top returning edge rusher, not named Jared Verse of Florida State, Azaraku was coming off a season in which he posted 61 tackles, 14 and a half for a loss, and eight and a half sacks. Azaraku is one of the is also one of the top run defenders in the power five with his power uh, pro football focus run grade of 84.2 ranking fourth among all power five edge rushers a season ago, a 210 pound high school linebacker just two years ago. Azaraco seems primed for a strong junior season. And I was impressed that they put him at number 10. That seems pretty, that seems high, but if he had, if he is in line to become a dominant pass rusher, he should be that high. He's the second best pass rusher in the conference. Jared Rush Verse is probably one of the best in the country, so that you're not going to be, you probably won't beat him out. But what makes Azaraku exciting? Why I brought him up and why I think he he deserved to be the rating that he he got 
is that it's been since Zach Allen, since BC has had a dominant pass rusher. You look back every year under Jeff Halfley, and you look at the pass rushers, they've had some guys that have been able to get pressure, but they're not guys, players, edge rushers that you have to scheme around. You don't have the Zach Allens, the uh, Harold Landry's, even the Wyatt Rays, you know, and obviously you can go back and, and get more, you know, bigger names in the past, like Matthias Kiwanuka and such like that. But in the, it, you know, in the last couple of years, you've had the Marcus Valdez's, the Sheeta Salah's, um, you know, uh, the kid from Maine who I'm totally blanking on his name right now, but those guys were not like game changers. And what Azaraku could bring, which I think is so important, is that game changing ability. Remember the times that Harold Landry played, remember the times that. Zach Allen played. And, and that's a first round, uh, two second round draft picks, right? Those defenses were good, but also everyone around them got better. Like guys like White Ray were fine players, but they were racking up pretty big stats as well because defenses, I mean, offenses had to really focus on Zach Allen or Harold Landry. You, if you get Azaraku to that level, where he, on non-blitz plays, can get to the quarterback consistently, can disrupt rush running games, can do all those things. Watch to see what Salah can do. Watch to see what Neto, Neto Akpala can do or Edwin Kalengi. You're going to see b- better play around him while he's still disruptive. That's going to make that defensive line so much better. When you have that guy, that guy that every game you're going to hear the announcers talk about, oh, the focus of today's game is going to be on number six, uh, Donovan Azaraku. When you hear that, that's that's a good sign. BC's defenses have been at their best when they've had a big-time guy. Whether it, I mean, you can even go back, right, to Donovan. You know, I said I mentioned Kiwanuka, but Luke Keekley. Mark Herzlig, you know, Mark Herzlig, when he was playing, he, yeah, he had good talent around him, but that kind of game changer made offenses really have to, to, to play at their best to, to beat BC. So I, I think this is an exciting player for BC this year. If Azaraku can play at the level that they think he's going to jump up to, because last year he was very good, but you know, he's hit his junior year. He's put on a pie a little bit more muscle. He's, he knows the offenses. He knows what he needs to do. If he takes that jump, BC's defense will be a lot better next year. And, and it will take care of a lot of the, the concerns that folks have heading into the 2023 season. Now, that list I talked about with Chris Hummer, who brought up you know uh, his top 20 players, it was missing a player. A player who, if, if I was to talk to him right now, would be pretty ticked off that he is not on that list. I'll tell you who that's going to be in just a moment. But before we do that, let me tell you about Locked On Celtics. If you're a Boston fan, I, I want to tell you, this is a podcast I love. John Corrales is amazing. If you like the NBA, you got to hear John Corrales. If you like just good podcasts, check out Locked On Celtics. So check that out. Now, I also want to tell you about LinkedIn. 
These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps find the right people for your team faster and for free. So head on over to LinkedIn. Add your job in the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile. Spread the word that you're hiring. You got jobs. LinkedIn's going to find these people for you. You need to just get in there, get started. With simple tools like screening questions, it makes it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. You need someone who's a good listener. You need someone who is a good writer, good communicator. You put that in and they will find you the person that fits your job perfectly. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college. That's linkedin.com slash locked on college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. This is locked on BC. I'm your host, AJ Black. Hope you are all having a great week. We're hitting ACC media days coming up. Jeff Halfley will be speaking along with Christian Mahogany, Donovan Azaraku, and Emmett Moorhead on Thursday. On Friday's episode, we will recap all of that. Now, speaking of Christian Mahogany, BC's biggest addition this offseason didn't happen in the transfer portal. It happened on their own campus. As guard Christian Mahogany, who I think Jeff Halfley has kind of alluded uh, had options to to split and go someplace else, came back for his final year in Chestnut Hill. Now, Mahogany uh, is a fan of the show. I don't know. He might even be in the comment sections right now. Um, but he is was the highest rated offensive lineman Boston College had in 2021 before he hurt his knee in 2022. Now, I want to raise the question. If Mahogany gets back to the level that he was at pre-injury, will he be the best guard in the country coming up? Now, if you ask Christian himself, he would tell you he is the best guard in the country. And if you if you argued anything else, he'd be pretty. I think he'd be pretty upset that you'd say that. This is a guy that has high confidence, but it's not just the confidence that makes Mahogany great. Because any good athlete needs good confidence. You don't want a guy that doubts himself. It's his skill. This is a guy that's, what, 6'3", 6'4", 315 pounds, but smart on the field, aggressive, strong as a bull. He has shown that he can be a good offensive lineman. One of the best, right? But if you talk to haters, if you talk to people who are not even just haters, but people who are critical, they may look and say, well, you know what, AJ? He played on a line with Zion Johnson, NFL, Alec Lindstrom, practice, practice team, NFL, Tyler Vrabel, practice team, NFL, Ben Petrula, who also spent some time, on, you know, in camps in the NFL. This is going to be Christian Mahogany's year. This will be the year when you pull up his pro football focus tape and you say to yourself, Oh, that's what happened. Look at what he did there. Look at how much better this offensive line played because of him. You know, BC, when you look back at the history of this program has been um, 
marked by so many good offensive linemen. You go back years and years and folks that have listened, been a fan of this team for years can go even further back, but you go back to Dan Copen, you know, Damian Woody, um, Mark Colombo, you know, Alec Lindstrom, Chris Lindstrom, up and down. There's been guys, uh, Anthony Costanzo. There's been guys over the last, you know, 30 years and even before that, that have made Boston College's offensive line one of the stories behind this program, like the real anchor. The fact that BC lost that last year was concerning. That you went from a even in their worst years, a team that had guy. I mean, like 2015 had Chris Lindstrom. He's the best guard in the country right now in, in the NFL. But that you went from that to this year, last year, where you had one of the worst offensive lines, and a lot of that was injuries, right? Mahogany is going to be an absolutely critical key to turning that around this year. This is his offensive line. He's the leader there. He is the veteran. You have guys around him, like, you know, Drew Kendall's been around, Ozzy Trapillo's been around. Mahogany's the guy. He's the guy that decided to come back to Boston College when he had NIL offers reportedly elsewhere. He's the guy that could have gone to the NFL even though he had a knee injury and see what happens. But will he be good enough to be the best guard in the country? That's a big question. There's lots of blue chip guys out there. You know, you look at different offensive lines from Notre Dame to Georgia to Alabama. It's hard to say that you're the best. Zion Johnson was one or one B just a couple of years ago. So it's not out of the realm of possibility that Christian Mahogany could do that this year, but he's going to have to show it. And if he shows it, if Mahogany is the best guard in the country, Boston College will be a vastly improved team, folks. This will be a team that regardless of what you think will win games that they're supposed to. They're going to win games maybe they're not supposed to, and they will be bowl eligible. It's all in his shoulders because he is such an integral part of this program, and his skill is just going to make everyone on that offense better. From the offensive line, which will then trickle back to Emmett Moorhead, to the running game, Everything will get better with Christian Mahogany there. He's going to be that key. He will be one of the best offensive linemen in the country. But if he gets BC to eight and four, he will be the best offensive lineman in the country. Now, in our final segment, I'm going to tell you a little bit about ACC Media Days. As Jim Phillips kicked off his comments on Tuesday, talking about the future of the ACC, We'll get into what he said and some of the things he didn't say in just a moment. This is Locked on BC. Hey, are you an everydayer? Do you listen to Locked on BC every day? Maybe you you go for a jog every morning and for 20 minutes, you'd like to listen to Boston College News. Or you have a 25-minute com- commute and you need your BC News. Thank you all who have hit that subscribe button who like every podcast and I see more and more likes on our YouTube. Thank you too. But if you like it on YouTube, if you like it on podcast, thank you so much. We are just over under a month away from the start of the season. We're going to be cranking and rocking and rolling with some great BC content. I hope you stick along as well. Now, Tuesday, as I said, down in Charlotte, they kicked off ACC media days. 
as a guy who covers Boston College and with the flight of price, with the prices of flights and hotels, I can't get down to Charlotte. I'm sorry. <laughs> it would be like a month of my pay for covering this team. But I follow along. I listen. I, I get my info. The big question marks for Phillips heading into this year were a few things. From the business side, we want to hear more about how he's planning to get the Atlantic Coast Conference closer to, in terms of revenue, towards where the Big Ten and SEC are projecting with their new media rights deals. You wanted to hear more about how he thought about NIL. You wanted to hear more about maybe if he had any comments on Northwestern and the things going on there because he was the AD when a lot of these accusations happened. So let's break down some of the comments he made. He talked about, so just as an overview, when you have press conferences like this, for the most part, you may get a new thing here or there. You know, they I think they announced the um, road trip show where they visit each campus. That's like, who cares, right? You can find that on, on your uh, local uh, TV listings, right? But the question that came up about how things are going in terms of, you know, shrinking that gap between the ACC and the two power conferences. And, you know, he talked about being happy with the ESPN deal and that Disney, and they have some things going on. He mentioned some things that made it sound like there could be some changes going on with the ACC's relationship with ESPN that could lead to more money. Now he gave no details, which of course, if it hasn't been announced yet through a, through a um, press release, he's not going to announce it at this. But he did mention that. Other than that, he made the the, the comment, of course, that like, you know, oh, you know, let's not focus on a number. Let's focus on what we're doing on the field. It was just a lot of the same stuff. You you don't get the you don't get the nuts and bolts and these types of things. So I, I was kind of like listening to it going up. Oh, yep, there it is again. Um, he talked about nil. There's some really interesting legislation going on. I just saw uh, Tommy Tuberville and um, Joe Manchin from West Virginia released a new uh, bill that they're, they're proposing that has, uh, you know, much more structured in NIL that, you know, certain things can't happen. Like you can't have NIL guys. Um, NIL can't deal with like drugs or alcohol or gambling or all this kind of stuff. Also had in their uh, transfer portal rules, which I hated, that you can't transfer after until three years. But he talked about that there needs, he agrees with Greg Sankey of the SEC that there needs to be some more uh, structure around that, which I agree. I think there needs to be more structure. Um, he also talked about Notre Dame. He mentioned that uh, he doesn't expect Notre Dame to ever join fully, that they enjoy their independence in football. And he thinks that they are happy with what they get in terms of all the other sports. So don't expect that to change. Uh, other than that, it wasn't, there wasn't much. It was a lot of just fluff, not fluff, but just, you know, meet press conference jargon. It's lots of stuff about, you know, happy with what's going on in the field, pointing out all the success that the team has teams have had. He talked he mentioned he did not mention Northwestern in name, but he did mention that, you know, talking about the safety of players. So he, he, you know, he can't talk about it as he said, because of open litigation, 
but he did um, voice his concerns about what's going on over there. Other than that, there wasn't much to talk about, but I wanted to bring it up, you know, just because I think folks are constantly talking about the ACC and the rights deals and, you know, making sure that that this conference gets the, the money that they need to, to compete with the sec and the big 10. He didn't give much. And I honestly, at the end of the day, I don't know if he's done anything or has any, has had any success in terms of progressing the, that, that gap. It seems to me like, no, like you've done things that are nice. Like the CW thing should help. Um, the, the, um, you know, ACC has been notorious of undercutting what their projections are going to be. So it looks really cool when you get more money. Um, but like the Comcast deal has helped. Those are all nice little things, but there needs to be a bigger spike. And I don't know if he's done anything, but this is the type of event. You wouldn't have found that out now on Friday show. I will talk about the comments of Jeff Halfley, Christian Mahogany and Donovan Azaraku. Um, during Thursday's press conferences, we'll dive in, see what they have to say. Maybe we also find out what the preseason um, poll is going to be because I'm sure BC is near the bottom. Can expect that more on that. We'll have a whole bunch more. Follow me on Twitter at AJBlack247. I'm also on Threads. I'm on Blue Sky. I'm on everything. Just look for AJ Black. You can find me there. We'll be back again and again, and I hope you all follow along and join us for the next episode. Take care, everyone. <laughs>